Well, let's look at James 1, verse 22. Everybody ready to hear? Yes. We just prayed for that. You're ready to hear. When we, when, we, when we come together, we need to be ready, ready to hear, ready to pull. What I mean by that, you, you're listening actively. This isn't a spectator sport. You're not going to watch a ball game right now. It's not like, well, let's see, what do you got? Talk, let's see how you do. No, you're, 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 you're esteeming what the Lord said and said he gave gifts unto men. So when we're talking right now, we're looking at his word. His word's already anointed. We're flowing with him. And so you're looking to receive something from the Father right now. Sure, a, a person is speaking, but you're receiving spirits to spirit, heart to heart, what the word of God is implanting and what the spirit of God is emphasizing and uh, it's amazing. Each person will hear exactly what they need as we listen. Now, you could have, on the other hand, you can have one person sitting, sitting there whose life is completely changed forever. They say, that's it. I see that. My, and their life is forever changed. And you have one person sitting right next to them that can say, I didn't get a thing. It's how we hear. Jesus said... Uh, that you should have ears to hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. He's not talking about these physical things. Most people have these. He's talking about your heart attitude. How are you hearing? Is your heart open? Are you receptive? So we are hearing and we are open and receptive this morning. Amen. James 1 verse 22. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Talked a lot about that last week. See, when you are a hearer and a, not a doer, you, you get religious. You ever heard of the word hypocrite? And people say, well, you know, those church people are hypocrites. Everybody's a hypocrite to some degree or another. Nobody's doing the word perfectly. And so it's not, it's not Christians that are hypocrites. It's people that are hypocrites. We ought to go after the word of God with, with all we know and do it to the best of our ability. See, what we're teaching and preaching when we go to the Holy Written Word is not a man's philosophy. It's not somebody's self-help program. So, you know, if somebody has a self-help program and it's their way, they, they did something and got results, and they're, you know preaching it at you, they better do it because it's their program. They're saying, I did this, you should do this. Right? When you're preaching the word of God, it's God's truth. Every person on the face of the earth, I should say it like this, no person has arrived in fully doing what the word says. But our heart ought to be, I'm going to do to the best of my ability what God has said and yield to it. But it's, the God, it's God's truth. So, you know, we have to preach the full word of God. If you were limited to everything that I had down in the word and that's the only thing I could preach, you're going to be shortchanged. Now, I should, as a pastor, the Bible fully says I should be an example. Five-fold ministry should be an example and should have a lot of practical things in order. But I, we have to preach the full word of God, and we have to let God minister us to us where we are, and then we'll come up. He's going to minister to each person where you're at. 
but it, you take it as the word of God, not the word of men. If you take it as the word of men and say, eh, I may do that, may not, and then that's how religion creeps in. People hear stuff and they're like, yeah, but I'm not going to actually do it. We preach it, but don't actually do it. That's where religion sets in. It's deception. It's just emotion and it's transparent. In other words, you, you can see through that. That's why people are like, well, you're saying something, but man, your life is just talking way louder. I can't even hear what you're saying. You're saying one thing, but man, what you do is something different. May our heart be that we do what we hear and to the best of our ability carry out the word be the same all the time sure we have different relationships with different people i mean your family you're closer and whatever but what we're saying is you know we're not two-faced we're not acting one way here and one way there we are to the best of our ability our heart is to do what the word of god said do it and put into practice well, you can't just do that yourself. We're gonna, you're going to need help. You're going to need the Lord to help you. But he will. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and he is the helper. So he'll help us. Amen. So it says, verse 22, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a, and is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So he said that the hearer only, if he's a hearer and not a doer, he's like somebody that looks, in their, looks at their face in the mirror, goes away and forgets what he looked like. But the doer of the word... In verse 25, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, continues in it, that's it, does it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, then you'll be blessed. So you're blessed if you do what God said. How are you going to do what God said? You're going to yield to him and say, God, help me, show me, he'll help you. Don't take sides against the word. So if the word says something, you see what the word says, don't say, I can't do it. Don't say it's too hard for me to do it. Don't say, I tried to do it and it just didn't work. You're, you, if God said you could do it and you say you can't, somebody is wrong. And it's not God. Whether it's you, whether it's me, any of us, if we go, if God said, this is what I want you to do, and you say, would love to, just can't, we're wrong. Well, I tried. We're wrong. If he told us to do it, what, what should our response be? We ought to say, man, I don't see how, I, but you may not see how, but I'm going to do it. Yes. I'm going to do it. With your help, I'm going to do it. And your mind may be going, there's no way you can do that. I can do it. Yes. Why? Because God said it. Amen. See, that's faith. Because he said it, I can do it. He knows more than we do. Does everybody, can we stop right there? Does everybody acknowledge that God knows more than we do? Yes. Can we all agree on that? Yes. Because if you can't get past that, we have a problem. You have a problem. I have a problem. If, if I think that God is not as smart as I am, then I am God. And then you're in the same, because that's the way the world lives. I'm going to do it my way. God going to tell me what? No, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it my way. Well, that means you're God in your life. 
<laughs> and you're not listening to what God said. And if you don't do what God said, you're not going to be blessed. But if God said something, and I see it and go, man, that's different than anything I ever heard. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you said it. Yes, sir. That's faith. See, you are bowing your knee and submitting to him, and that's on the way to being a doer of the word. Now you're going to be blessed. Why? Because it's God's idea. It's his truth. It's right, and it doesn't matter if you or I think it's right, or it doesn't matter if you or I think we can do it. If we'll agree with him, we'll be able to do it, and we'll be blessed. On the other hand, if we go, I just can't, then we're going to not be a doer. We heard it, but we said we couldn't. We're not going to be able to do it, and then we don't get anything, and then we're like, it's God's fault. That's what people do. Somehow God... It, it's not God's fault. Everybody say, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. God's not making any mistakes, guys. God is the Almighty. God is true. And so, He's not hard. Don't make it hard. Well, that's hard. You, you just tell me I have to do something. God said, that's not hard. God will help you. He'll help me. But what do we have to do? We've got to submit our will and bow the knee and say, I'll do it. Yes, sir. I'll do it, and I can do it. Well, that's humility. That is, that is trust. Amen. Amen. Luke 6, verse 46. We read some of these verses, uh, but let's look at this. Uh, it said, Jesus said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like the man or a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat, vehem the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great now i'm gonna read this in matthew 7 and then we're going to look at it uh, in parallel again ver matthew 7 verse 24 let's read this it says therefore this is jesus speaking therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine so you could say whoever hears the word of God because Jesus, the Bible says, is the word. He is the living word. We have the written word. So Jesus is the word of God. And so everything that uh, you see in the word of God or what is prompted by the spirit is, is from the Lord. And so when he's saying these sayings of mine, you could say it's the whole word of God. Whatever the word of God says, that's what he's talking about. So therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, whoever hears the word and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So if you hear the word and you do it, it's like you're building a house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. Anybody, you know, you're out on Friday, we had some, some rain on Friday. I guess there were some tornadoes around. Did you see that there was, I guess, in Connecticut, I think it was, in different places? Um, I know there were in Massachusetts, too. There was tornadoes. Well, the rain was descending. We looked out our backyard. I mean, it's white. You couldn't even see. And there's some places. We're on a pretty high place, so we don't, 
you know, we don't get flooded, anything like that. But in the back, the yard, you know, the back, the yard slants back, and in the very back, there were some puddles forming, which I've never seen. I've lived there eight years, never seen any puddles there. It's gotten wet. You know, you go mow the grass afterwards, and some of that's wet, but there was actually puddles. Well, there was a storm happening. Well, you know, if, if something isn't built to withstand the storm, it just gets washed away. Here he's saying, in the middle of the storm, this house is on the rock, so it's stable, secure, so it's not falling. Verse 25, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, and it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So talking about the person that didn't do the word, and his house fell. Now, I had a slide for you last week. I broke it into a couple slides so that it's easier to see, because I just want you to see the parallelism in these verses. So hopefully this is easier to see. Can you put up the first slide? So these verses, I just want you to see, I put it, so it's the first, it's talking about the man that built his house on the rock and the man that built his house on the sands in parallel. So we, start, we look at verse 24 and then 26 at the same time. And then we're going to look at 25 and 27 at the same time. But look, look at the parallelism here. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, look at Verse 26 below, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Okay, so you, both people hear, one does, one doesn't do. The underlined parts are the parts that are different. He said in the, verse 24, if you do them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. In verse 26, it says, if you don't do them, I will liken you will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So, so far you have both people hearing, one person did it, the person that did it's a wise man, built his house on the rock. You have another guy heard it, he didn't do them, he's a foolish man who built his house on the sand. But notice the other parts are the same. They both heard, it's just what they did with it. Now this next slide I want you to really see. Went over last week, but just real quick so we can go forward and people that maybe didn't see it. Verse 25. This is one of, this is a, an important thing. So this is the guy that did the, did the word and his house is like a house built on the rock. He's the wise guy, wise man. The, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now I want you to see verse 27. The rain descended the floods came, this is the man that didn't do it, and the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it fell. Look at the first two lines. They are identical. In other words, the exact same thing happened to both people. Literally. The rain came, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat on the house. It's just what they had done before that made the difference. And what they did with the word of God. So in verse 25, all the, the storm came. The, the house that was founded on the rock, the person that did the word, it did not fall. Their house stood. Their life stood. Because it was founded on the rock. The other person 
the storm came, did the exact same thing, these guys could be neighbors. Because literally they're in the same storm. Just one guy has no foundation, the other guy has a strong foundation. Somebody in life is doing the Word of God, somebody in, the, in life is not doing the Word of God. So the guy that didn't do the Word of God in verse 27, the storm came and his house fell. And it was, and great was its fall. What's the difference? What they did with the Word of God. Did they just hear it? Or did they hear it and do it? Amen? Now let's go to uh, John 17, 17. So God's Word, we hear it, and we want to be doers of it. I want to read you, or just spend some time just talking about God's Word and what we are hearing. John 17, verse 17. It says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. Sanctify them by this is Jesus speaking, sanctify them. He's talking about his disciples and, and the people uh, that he's praying for here. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. In Psalm 118, or 119, verse 160, it says, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. The entirety of your word is what? It's truth. It's not opinion. It's not philosophy. It's not theory. It's not an idea. It's truth. You know, everything, every piece of information that we could ever lay eyes on falls into one of two categories. True, not true. Every single idea, thought, image, philosophy, theory, you know, a theory. Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. used to say this, a theory is a supposition based on ignorance of the topic or the, the um, topic at hand, something like that. So a theory is a supposition based on ignorance of the topic you're talking about. Because if you knew, it wouldn't be a theory. Do you understand? You don't have a theory about stuff you know. I don't have a theory about what my name is. I don't have a theory about when I was born. I have a birth certificate. I don't have a theory about my social security number. I know it. Well, I theorize you were born at this. That's because you don't know me. You don't know when I was born. You may theorize, well, he looks about this old. Not going to talk about that this morning. You know, you may be walking through the mall and be like, how old do you think that guy is? That's a theory. We, where do you think they're from? Somebody's talking to you with an accent. Where, uh, you sound like you're from so-and-so. That's because you don't know them. They know where they're from, hopefully. <laughs> Somebody that knows them could tell you where the house they were born in. Yeah. 
or, you know, the hospital and where they grew up in. See, a theory is something that you establish because you don't know. It's not fact. So God's word is not theory. It's not, the no part of it is theory, it's, it's true. It's true for everybody. Well, I don't think it's true. Again, we're wrong if we think that. I don't agree with it. Anne? That has nothing to do with whether something is true or not. Does it in any other area? Well, I don't agree your name's Jim. Okay. You can disagree all day long. I, I disagree strongly that you were born in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Knock yourself out. You go, you can, I'm mad at you about, okay. Go home and be mad all day long. Not going to change the fact, the truth, that I was born where I was born. My name is what, I, what my parents named me, and I haven't changed it. it it's truth. It's fact. And you, so people can look at God's words. I don't agree with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. We have too high of opinion of ourselves if we think like that. Well, I just don't agree with that. Well... We're not God. Yes. And again, it comes back to, is it true? Because I don't know about you. I don't want to believe something that's just whacked out and out, out there, right? Yes. That's demonstrably, it's, it's absolutely, you can absolutely tell it is false. Some, do you want to be like, well, no, that's obviously false. No. I mean, hopefully we don't, we don't want to be like that. We want to be in the truth. If somebody said something and it doesn't agree with the word of God, then it's false. It doesn't matter who said it. See, when people start following men, they're like, well, the Word of God says, but this guy said this, and a lot of stuff he says is true. Now you're following a man. Yeah. We ought to follow God. We ought to go. Men, you know, Apostle Paul said something to the effect, like, follow me as I follow the Lord. So we, 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 we should go after people, and the people can teach us things through the Word of God and be examples to us, but you don't take an opinion or a statement or uh, anything somebody says over the word of God, you will get into error that way. Well, so-and-so said it. Where's their scripture for it? Well, they don't have it, but, you know, they've been right so many times. Right in what? It, where's the scripture? What does the Bible say? So if we're going to be doers of the word, we need to know without any doubt in our minds that God's word is true. It's truth. Because if you're not convinced of that, you won't do it. Just like every other area of life. Like you're shopping for an insurance policy or you're shopping. If you're not convinced it's a good thing for you or you trust the people... 
you're hopefully not going to buy something, any product. Well, I don't, you know, they're kind of sketchy, but I'm going to buy. No, you, you're, until you determine, what do, what do we say when we're going to buy something from, some, you know, an automobile or whatever, that you're looking for somebody that's reputable, honest. And we talk about a mechanic, you know, a mechanic that just tells the truth and, do, and just gives you an honest quote. That's gold. You know, that, and, and there's it's so many areas where we're, we're not just mechanics, but I mean, any kind of person that's going to do it. What are you looking for? You're looking for somebody that you can trust. And you won't pull the trigger, hopefully, if you don't, if you're, if you're not sure, you're not trusting him, you're not going to do it. Well, God's no different. You got to judge his word to be true. What he said is true. That's where people that's one problem. People don't really believe that God is God and that his word is right. So you won't, we won't submit to it then. We're like, that's somebody's opinion. If we have that opinion of God's word, we need to get that straightened out because you're not gonna, we're not going to go anywhere with God. And in this day and age, um, in society, everything has been doubted, questioned, dissected, and there's been so much seeds of doubt sown with people. They don't believe anything solid. I mean, look at our society, the, the stuff that's happened in the last three, four years. Everything that can be shaken is shaken. People don't trust what they used to trust. They're like, whoa, is that true? You can't, you can't rely on what you see for videos or voices because the technology is there to change all that now. You know, we have the phrase, what's the source of truth in an area? You know, I, was, I have a long, long background of software engineering. And when you're dealing with different things, it's like, well, where's, you don't want duplicate areas of, of, of the, the origination of information. It's like, well, where's the source of truth? Where's the, where's it coming from so that we go back to that and we know it's right? Because stuff can get corrupted down the way. Well, there's so much that, well, is that right? Is that right? And so people get, they think they're being smart, but actually they don't really have any, they don't have a solid foundation in anything. They don't believe anything except that everything is just kind of sketchy. Well, what do you believe? I don't know. There's this theory and this theory. So what do you believe? I was talking to one person about the gospel one time, young man, you know, had been studying stuff and was dabbling in some things that, you know, I knew stuff about. We were talking and, um, He's throwing all these ideas at me, like, you know, I don't know, these arguments that he obviously was looking up on YouTube and different things like that. And I'm like, you're just, you're just, you, you looked up all this stuff and you're looking. I said, we can both go down this list. You're going to say this and you looked up this and this. And I said, all that has been done. What do you believe about it? Like if you went, if you were to die tonight What's going to happen to you? And he said, I don't know. I said, and you're good with that? And he said, yeah, I am for now, because I just don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Number one, you, young people think they're invincible. You're not invincible. None of us are invincible. You better know where you're going. Well, it doesn't, it's this attitude, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, we don't know. And, you know, somebody was stupid enough to say, well, I, you know, I'm fine if I go to hell. All my friends will, will be there. We'll party. 
And I, I had one guy, one guy, one preacher that uh, we were visiting a church in Nebraska when we were uh, there, and um, you know he had a background, and I don't think he was a biker, but he had some background and some different things. And he he told the story that he told his his one of his friends said that. And he took his lighter. He had a lighter on him, and the guy was just standing there, and he lit it under his arm. And then the guy, you know, the, he, he started feeling the flame. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? He goes, yeah, you're not going to like hell very much. <laughs> well, what party there? It's not going to be a party. It's the absence of God. It is torment. People screaming. People separated from God forever. God didn't make it for humans. He made it for the devil and his angels. As a punishment, and he has freely, God has freely given his son as a ransom to rescue everybody on the planet. All humankind has been paid for by the blood of Jesus, and God says, here, this is paid for. And if people say, no, thank you, then they are rejecting the gift, and they are sending themselves to hell. You say, why would a loving God send people to hell? He's not. The loving God sent Jesus so that we could be ransomed. But if somebody said, well, I just don't believe that, you're going to do without the salvation and being in the family of God, and you're getting the punishment that was reserved for the enemy of God because the person has sided with the enemy of God. That's right, pray for him. You pray for people that their eyes of their understanding. With Christians, you pray for the eyes of understanding be enlightened. But people that are lost, you pray that laborers would go across their path to minister the gospel. They have to, to, they have to see the truth, but they, it's on them to decide. And God's faithful and true, and he will bring, he, every person would, don't ever say this. Don't, well, what about the deep, dark corner of Africa or whatever? Where, what if they never hear? God, if somebody's heart is open to God with the truth that they do have, they will hear the gospel. It's in the Bible. Cornelius was a good man. And Peter saw a vision and went to him. There's many I've heard many accounts, there's accounts in the Bible, you know, where uh, Philip was taken away and went to the eunuch in the middle of the desert. He's in the middle of the desert. People say, well, in the middle of the desert, how can you hear? God will make sure. But what are you doing with the truth you do know? Are you calling, there must be a God. See, if we don't believe what we, we do see, we don't, why do we need more? That's why missionaries go all over the world to share the gospel, but people have to hear. They have to hear what? The truth. But then they have to judge the truth as the truth. How do we get off into all that? We were talking about the truth. We were talking about theory. How do we go into all the people? Trying to go back to my hooking up place. We'll do something if we believe it. Yep. Don't take a statement over the word of God. We talked about a theory. Oh, we talked about going to, I know we were talking about people going to like going to buy a product and you wouldn't go if there was, if you didn't trust them. 
if you're not convinced the Word of God's true, then you won't, then you won't walk by it. But what's the glue? What's the next thing? Yeah, I'm not, yeah we, we're going with the Spirit of God, but you know, we'll just keep moving. Hallelujah. The hook, and, hook it up place where we got there, it's like, okay, where were we going? The source of truth in an area. Yes. And how did that connect to what I was just saying? Yes. I was talking to the dude. That's how. Thank you. So I was talking to the kid. I call him a kid. Young man. About that. So we talked about taking it as truth and believing something. And then that, that this guy, he was just going down and responding to all the, these things. And because he didn't, he was like, I don't care. I don't care if I die. And then we started talking about people going to hell. But that's what, what I was referring to with him is that you have to accept something as truth in order to act on it. And people in this day and age are doubting everything because the, the, the foundations, and we talked about the fact that the whole society has been undermined. Nobody trusts anything. So what do they look at with the church? Oh, well, that's just another man-made institution that are just bringing people along and lying to them. And that's the way a lot of people look at the church. Right? Yes. I'm talking about in the world. We'll mock things. It's just, oh, we're so past that. It's, you know, um, we, we, we know more than that. We know that the Bible, you know, it's just a bunch of stories. It, this is what I'm saying people will say. This is just what men made. And they don't, they don't regard it as the word of God. They regard it as, eh, that's just some book. So, of course, they don't do it. So there has, we live in, we have to understand, I mean, we live in a society where all the underpinnings of what used to be relied on have been stripped. Naturally, spiritually, to where people just make up their own stuff. Why not? You know, attach a couple scriptures to it and be like, it's good. It's got to agree with the whole of scripture if it's going to be true. You can't take one little bit and run off and be like, well, that's true. The statement may be true, but is it a truth throughout all Scripture? You have to balance the Word of God with the Word of God. If you take something out of balance and just run with something, a statement, you're going to get into error. And any truth taken to an extreme becomes error because it's no longer truth, it's a warping of a truth. So we need to know that God's word is true. We need to believe that his word is true. So we're going to read some more scripture to that effect. Psalm 119.89. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is what? Settled in heaven. Your word is is settled in heaven. That means it's not going to change. God is not going to do a 2023 revision of his word. And he hasn't done 
any revisions in prior years. People act like the Word of God needs to be updated because they're out-of-date ideas. There is no updating. It was right the first time. God, we don't change God's Word to fit culture. You know, we were talking about in the offering. What We as Christians are establishing the kingdom culture here on earth. In other words, what would God do? Here, how did Jesus operate? How do we operate according? Not, not try to bring the culture of the world into the church. Did you hear me? Because there's a whole lot of that. If we're going to try, we ought to be reaching the world, but not acting like the world. And you don't reach the world by acting like the world. Well, we got to relate to them. They, that's not going to help. You can relate to people without acting like them. And you don't bring their culture, the world's culture that's corrupt, that is not godly, that opposes Scripture into the church because now you have a corrupt church. Where do you go to get the truth now? And if we're going to dumb it down to the lowest common denominator, well, we don't want to offend anybody because this person's going through this and this person has this background, and so we just got to water it down to what? To basically a non-gospel, non-truth to where you're just preaching just cultural stuff, which is not the truth anymore. Yes. It is just opinion. So God's word is settled. It's not going to be updated. It's not going to be changed. You know, people in this, in this uh, society talk about getting, people are offended at everything, number one, and act like that's a reason not to do something because somebody's offended. Somebody might be offended. That did not stop Jesus. Did you notice that? The whole religious establishment of the day wanted to kill him, like consistently. Gnash their teeth at him. They want to kill him, but they were afraid. They were afraid of the people, so they're cowards. They, 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 the religious establishment of the day hated Jesus. It didn't stop him from speaking the truth. Just because somebody's offended doesn't mean we don't. That's a reason not to say something. Now, you don't want to be offensive for the sake of being offensive, but if it's the truth that's offending somebody, that's not your problem. I mean, you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to say things stupid. You can say things in a way that if you actually care about the other people and you actually want them to hear, then you'll care how you say it. Because if your goal is for them to hear and you say it in such a way that it doesn't really matter what comes after the first part because it was so offensive, then what, what are we doing? That doesn't help. We're not supposed to use the, the Word of God as something to slap people around and be just like, well, this is the truth, like it or not. We don't like that. You like when somebody comes and goes, well, this is the truth. You like, shape up. You can say it in a loving way, but the fact is the Word of God will be offensive in and of itself if somebody doesn't have a heart to listen. You can say it in the nicest way you want. You can say it so sweet, and they will want to take your head off. Because if you don't condone their sin and condone where they are, it offends people. The truth will offend people, and they don't want to do it. And so in our lives, 
we need to know that God's word is truth. And whatever, however it hits us, if it's the word of God, we don't want to be kept from doing it because of offense. Kept doing it because it's not what we want. You know, you can't be like going out preaching to the culture. Well, they ought to get this in line and they're not doing this and this is sin. And then in our own life, but I'm, I know this word and I'm not doing it. We have more than enough to keep us busy right, right here. Let's just take, if we'll just take care of what we need to do what from what we know of God's word, that'll be a full-time job. And now we can kindly and in love deal with other people knowing that, man, we don't want that sledgehammer coming on us where we're, do, where we're working with what we know of the word and give somebody else grace. That doesn't mean you water down anything. You can just say it in a way that is kind that they actually have a chance of hearing. And if they hear it and reject it, not your problem. It's a heart thing. Now you're butting up against the, the standard of the word of God, the truth, and either people are going to take it and they're going to they're gonna take it as the word of God and they're going to yield to it or they're going to be stubborn. And we have a society that's very stubborn, wants to do it their way and wants it their way, and don't you tell me how I'm going to live my life, God or no God. I want it this way. I believe this is okay. I believe this is true. And what, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. You can apply that to so many areas. But the Word of God will not change. The 1 Peter 1, verse 22, 1 Peter 1, 22 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, just insert this, born again is not a religious term, it's in the Bible. And in John 2, you, you must be born again. Here it's talking about born again. What does that mean? You're born, your spirit is born again. People say, well, what is born again? It's in the Bible. Again, we want to know what's in the Word of God, not just have religious jargon or Christianese stuff, as they say. Christianese. People don't know what you're talking about when you, you know, go down that. We want to talk clearly. Of course, there's some things that people can understand, but don't want to be um, obscure for the sake of being obscure. Verse 23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, talking about the Word of God, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the Word of the Lord endures forever. It endures forever. Now this is the Word which, the, which by the Gospel was preached to you. He's saying people's stuff fades away. It's like just flowers. It's like grass withers and fades away. The glory of man, all people, but the word of God's going to stay. So what do we believe? The word of God. What, do, what needs to be the authority in our life? The word of God. What are we going to do? The word of God. Not somebody's philosophy, the word of God. Not somebody's theory, the word of God. Because when other people's theories fail... When their experiments fall down, when they prove to be not true, when their 10-step program doesn't actually work for everybody, the Word of God will still be settled and will have not moved, and it will work every single time. Yes. Amen. 
Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. His words will not pass away. His words will not ever, ever, ever be found to be false. God will never come back and go, oh, my bad. That, that, that's, that's wrong. That, that was not true. I, I miscalculated. I misanalyzed. That's not true. And when people think they found an error, they're not taking the whole counsel of God into, into consideration. Take the whole, how do you divide the word? Old and New Testament, number one. That you, what, what are we dealing with? What covenant are we dealing with? Then what book is it? And what chapter? Look at the verses around in the same book. Look at the verses in, in the, by the same author. Look at the verses around, the same, uh, around that verse. And, and you rightly divide and compare what the Word of God is actually saying. And don't just pull something out and go, well, this is true. This is what the Word of God says. Does the whole council say that? And you'll be safe. The word of God will not pass away. It's not somebody's opinion. It is the truth of the living God. It was right the first time he said it, and it will be right for all eternity. And so we can trust it. And so you can act on it and do it even when you don't understand everything even when you don't see it in your life yet, when you, don't, uh, when you see contradictory circumstances, you can still trust it and you can act on it and you can be a doer of it in spite of all that. When we let all those things talk us out of it, we are becoming just hearers only and we are not actually doing it because we considered something else more true than the word. But if we'll just stick to what he said and let his word be the truth, then we'll do it and we'll see the results. Amen.